Baby's got a set of wheels that knocks me off my feet. She got me burning, cruising down the street. This is the Outside Gate with Steve Hall on the L4 Media Network. We're talking US moto and anywhere the conversation goes. With us today from Vital MX and the Moto X Pod Show, it's Texas' most eligible bachelor, Jamie Darkside Guida. Let's bring him on. What's up, dude? Hey, did you like did you like the janky um the the janky intro there? That was just for you. Hey, I was rocking out. Let's do it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know, you actually um I didn't know much about uh, I didn't know much about Great White until uh, until you started talking to him, and now yeah, I've got I've got a few on me on Spotify. And I love them, man. So yeah, that's cool. What have you been up to today? Uh, I've been writing a couple stories and also getting ready for a race this weekend. Nice, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, we're going to do some riding this weekend. Where's that? Uh, Tyler, Texas, Swan MX. Swan MX, yeah. I've heard you talk yeah. about Swan a few times, yeah. Yeah, it's so one it's of just, a, uh, just a local race. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, open practice on Saturday and a race day Sunday, so I think I'm going to head over there both days. Nice, nice. What are you riding, the KX? Yeah, I'll be on the KX450. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm riding most of the time now. I still have the YZ250, but I don't, I don't ride it very often. I like that. I like the four strokes. I don't have enough talent to ride a two-stroke. You missed the 350. Oh, my God. So much. <laughs> so much. Yeah, yeah. You definitely church a 350, huh? Yeah, I'm all about it. Um, I hope to be getting another one in a couple months, but we'll see. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. What's up, so- with What's up with the roosters? The rooster, hey. So I don't know if you know um, know anything about my rooster, but he's he's a bit of a fucking celebrity rooster. That one. So he's uh, <laughs> if you ask if you ask uh, if you ask your boy Daniel Blair, he knows all about the the rooster. The rooster's name's the Colonel, and okay. uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's a bit of a celebrity. He's a fucking asshole, but he's a lovable one. So I love yeah. it. He's even got his own fucking Instagram page, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's always he's a fair way away, but he always makes his presence known every every show. Every yeah. show you'll hear him in the background a little bit there, so. That's great. Yeah, he's a bit of a fucking character that one. Yeah, so um, I yeah uh, I, I thanked you just off here then, but I just sort of just touch on it for um for listeners. Um, so when I first um started thinking about doing anything to do with media or socials with with my passion which is dirt bikes i um i, I started an instagram page and i worked my butt off to get a lot of um, followers and i would reach out just commenting just trying to get to know anyone in the industry and there was two people that were extremely fucking cool and just always messaged back um, and that was Daniel Blair, and that was Darkseid. Daniel Blair's so, an asshole. So, <laughs> so um, I was uh, eternally grateful, and then I also reached out um, to uh, to Darkseid about um, helping out, um, giving him notes for the wrap-up show, uh, and he couldn't be cooler about that, and I did that for two and a bit years, I think, before it, before it um, closed off, and He'd give me shout outs and 
I just enjoyed doing it, you know. I was listening anyway, and, and it just it gave me that sort of a feeling as a, you know, just a little bit of involvement in that in the Moto Media. So, yeah, it was, was insanely uh, helpful to me because you always gave me timestamps, and yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was um, it was fun doing it. It was actually like it was a little bit like, oh damn, when the wrap up show ended. But I was also <laughs> extremely fucking pumped for you, man, to. Um, to you know i guess achieve a goal in life for yourself so um that's sort of the first thing i wanted to talk about man um a bit about you and your story of um sort of where you come from to um what you're up to now is really cool like what did you what did dark side want to what did little dark side want to be when when he was a little when you're a little kid what was the what was the dream then i'm sure it wasn't what you're doing now it's probably probably a rock star or something but yeah, I don't like as a little kid. I thought I wanted to be an astronomer because I like looking at the stars, but that was way too. I had to be, be a lot smarter than I am to be that. Um, and then I don't know. I didn't really have like a thing where I just like I want to do this. I just kind of played it by ear, fly it by the seat of my pants. And I'm still kind of that way. Uh, yeah, a rock star would be great if I had any musical ability. So it really, I kind of always knew I was just gonna have to probably do labor because that's just the way I was wired. I certainly never thought I'd get into media. Even as it was happening, I thought it was sort of a joke almost. Yeah, yeah, cool. And um, so what was your very, you know, like I was just talking about with me, like just I just started an Instagram page. What was your very first thing where you, your first sort of idea that you might even just dip a toe in that into uh, the media world? Well, it really started with me calling into the Pulp Mech Show and just being a fan and my show now, the Moto X Pod show, was started by um, a couple guys here in Texas, Mark Poole and Phil Gates, a couple of buddies of mine. And then my buddy, my co-host now, TJ Smith, got involved. And they basically just sat around and talked about Texas Moto. And they would talk about the races they watched. But they didn't really have any listeners, really, less than 20, I think. Uh, but TJ's like, hey, you know, I know Darkside. I know Jamie. Why, why don't we have him come in as a co-host one night? So I did. And they asked me to come on more regular. And then I started kind of, I knew local guys that were in, sort of in the industry, guys like Billy Whitley, who used to be a team manager from Texas. I knew him, uh, like Charlie Bogard, you know, who was a pro rider back in the day. And I started getting some guests and the show started getting a little, like a little traction. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. But I still never really thought it would ever, I didn't even think I'd ever go to a race as media. I just thought we were going to do this as fun. Uh, and somehow I found out to email fell to get credentials. And I don't remember the process of how I did that. And they actually gave me a credential. Actually, it was nationals first. That's what it started with. And I went to Lakewood in 2017. And that was my first race as media. And then after that, I was hooked. When I did the first press conference and I met Weeds for the first time, I was like, I want to do this. And that's really that's how it started. How'd you feel when you got the act, the actual credential thing that actually said like media, you know, media Jamie Guida on it? Was that just like this, this is fucking really cool? Yeah, like the first one was just a temporary, like a one day thing. You know, they just okay. write your yeah. name in, but it was still like holy crap. You know, I can walk around anywhere I want, and I can talk to these writers that are at the time I was still fanboying out a little bit. Mm. So yeah, it was unbelievable i'm sure i took pictures of it and posted on my like my i probably took pictures of my credential 
and posted it because I was nerding out for sure. Yeah, awesome. I asked that because so our mutual friend Trent, I've helped him out. Yeah, yeah. So um, from Moto Limited, so I help him out with Aussie stuff, and I write articles for him and that sort of thing. And and uh, lucky enough that he's yeah he's he's flown me around a little bit to go to uh, Aussie nationals, and he hooked me up with a um, with an Aussie credential. And I remember when I got that, that was, so that was like round one this year. It actually like had my name on it and had like media in it. <laughs> I was like, fucking how cool is this yeah. thing? You know, I've got it hanging up there just over here. It's just like, you know, that was a right. you know, amazingly cool thing to have. And just walking into them and like to- nothing like no, nothing like the level of, of your thing, you know, but the what we the media tent, you know, walking in there and, and being able to, you know, go in there and plug stuff in and and all that thing, yeah. and watch the watch the feed, and and just talk to the other guys, and all that. It was just like that was really cool, especially the, like, the first round. And then you know you just sort of get used to it. And it's just sort of like you know whatever after a little while, but yeah, really it's cool. Still cool, really yeah, it's cool. Still cool now. Start though, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. And um, do you have like particular? Um, do you have a particular like goal? You know, so I guess you've sort of. I'm, I'd say when you got the job at Vital that was a, uh, achieving a goal. Do you have further goals? Like where, where was, where's like the pinnacle for you in the, uh, as far as the media goes? That's a good question. I, I really, I have things I want to work on. Uh, the goals for me are to get better at my writing. Uh, and you know, I'm not a guy that has a great memory. So remembering details and watching these other guys like Michael Lindsay and Steve Mathis and weeds and they remember everything. Those are like my goals, really, is just basically to get better at what I'm doing so I can have a bigger footprint. Uh, You know, right now, I still feel like it's a very small footprint. Um, As far as, like, the end goal, do I want to be, like, the next Steve Mathis or whatever? Not really. I just want to be me, but I want to be better at what I do. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like, yeah. I like that answer, Yeah, that uh, that, sort of, uh, yeah. That that the the, val- the values and that what you're getting at with that answer sort of rings true a little bit um, a little bit to myself. Yeah. Um, did you always believe, you know, right from the, you know, right from when you first, I guess, co-hosted Moto X, did you always believe that, um, you know, you were going to get to a full-time media gig? No, I'm telling no. you, when Michael Lindsay offered me the job, I still was telling people. I'm not sure this is real. I still feel like it's him and Kiefer and Mathis just fucking with me. Like it just didn't feel, I was scared to death to quit my day job. Yeah. Cause it, it, no, I never, until I actually went to work full time, even then the first week or two, I was like, is this real? I just, I, it doesn't feel real. So no, I never, I never really believed it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that. On, yeah. on the show, you know, obviously I listen to everything and, you were saying something about that you thought it might have been a joke, and because those blokes they do give you a hard time, so you yeah, know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Keeper last night called me on his show because you know, and he's giving me a hard time about stuff. And then I don't know if you saw Twitter today. He's yeah, he's giving me crap about getting married or something because I went on two dates with this chick and I was telling about it. And he's like, "Oh, Dark Side's gonna get married now." Just that's all he does, man. Just bust balls. Yeah, him and Steve, man, they're the worst. <laughs> I Keeper, man, like. Actually, you're mentioning him like, um, oh yeah. So I'm going to A one, which is uh, yeah, cool. I still can't even fucking believe that that's happening. Nice. But um, it um, yeah, 
I got talked into it, and I'm really glad I got talked into it. And um, I'm doing you it. Talked into it? Why'd you have to get talked into it? Oh, just because I can't afford to go, basically. So yeah. I can't sure, afford sure. to go. Like I really can't. So she's a, she's an extremely low budget trip, you know. And like yeah. I'm, I'm hiring a um, I'm hiring a camper van and and like I'm doing this Cully camper van thing. And I, I do have a, a couch for the night of the race, you know. So I'm not in the camper van at Alpine Car Park, but but during the week and that I want to hit up like I'm going to hit up like you know the tracks, the shops, just that whole SoCal scene. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, and I want to have a, I've always been fascinated with the high des. Like as a kid, all we had here, there was, you, you couldn't watch anything on TV. All we had was the magazines. And in my um, brain, it's just, I, I just, all these test shots from the high des and like uh, yeah, yeah. Jim, Jim Holly launching launching bikes out of canyons and shit for cover shots and all that, that whole scene. I'm, I've been fascinated with it since I was a little kid. So I want to see the high dares. And so back to Kiefer, I actually, I know nobody at all in SoCal. I know quite a few people in the States, mates and that all over that, but no one's in SoCal. And I, um, I thought, fuck, I've got to get just some local knowledge of like, you know, where, where's like, is there free camping? Is there free camping that's safe? You know, that's not where I'm not going to get stabbed by a tweaker and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And I thought, well, fucking Kiefer, I'll just ask him. He doesn't know me at all. I'll just ask the guy, you know, about free camping. And he couldn't be more helpful, man. It was fucking amazing. He emailed me back. Yeah, sure, Steve. I'll look for sites for you and blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. He couldn't have been a better dude. So, yeah. yeah in all honesty, the Kiefer family is that's family to me. Like I, I love Chris and Heather and Aiden. Like those, that's my family, man. They are, they are some of the best humans on the planet. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about those, that family. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's you know, when someone does me a solid like that, like I'm, I'm fucking loyal fan for life, you know, like that's the way I work. So he definitely, uh, I'm definitely team. Yeah, you know, I always thought he was an entertaining guy, but I never really knew. Is he? You know, sometimes people are funny, but you don't know if they're a good person. But until you have something to do with them, and he sure is a good person, man. Yeah, yep. real. That um, that just blew me away. So he has a big heart. Big heart. He does, man. He does. Obviously, yeah. Help. You know, anytime someone help out a stranger that they're getting nothing back from. Yeah. Yeah. That really speaks to their character, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Hey, um, so you worked for the city beforehand. So you were like, um, I know they always talk about you digging ditches, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So what, um, but I'm sure there was more to it than that. What what sort of was your work history leading up to the final gig? Yeah, so I, I worked for the public works department. We did, it's a small city. There's, a, um, I don't know, 3,000, 3,500 to 4,000 homes uh, or connections in the city I live in. So, and we were responsible for all the water and the sewer and the, the roads, the asphalt. So we would install new water mains and make all the taps when new homes went in, sewer taps, water taps, repair anything that got broke. Yeah. And that's, it was mostly physical labor, yeah. digging ditches, trenches, you know, and yeah, installing water lines and uh, sometimes a little bit dangerous, you know, you'd be 15, 20 feet deep in a ditch trying to make a sewer connection. And it sometimes it's gross. I've been waste, literally waist deep 
in sewage and just trying to fix shit. It's disgusting. And I did that for over 13 years. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh yeah. I know about disgusting, man. Like, you know, I, um, yeah, I was fixing a toilet yesterday and, and um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it wasn't a fucking clean one. So yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know all about that. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's it's pretty bad when you're in a hole and you're trying to unclog a six inch or an eight inch sewer main and all of a sudden it unclogs and the fucking hole starts filling up mm. and you're like, Oh shit, it's coming, you know, chest deep. And you're just like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And you're just in it. Fucking don't let it get in your mouth and yeah. we'll take a shower later. It's all you can do. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. So that, that's sort of what you did most of your life then. Um, no. So before that, I, uh, out here in East Texas, there's a lot of oil field stuff. So I yeah. was like a hotshot driver, which is basically a truck driver, but you do it out of a pickup. Yeah. And you run stuff to oil site, oil field sites when they need stuff and they need it quick. Yeah. So you're on call. I did that for like six years. And uh, before that, I was I worked for my ex father in law's concrete company doing big commercial concrete jobs. I've done a lot of things. Helped my dad build houses when I was younger. Um, worked at a motorcycle shop. A lot of different jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. And now, it was cool, but it was it was jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's cool that you're not doing it now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. And now that you uh, you're with Vital, man, you've also taken on uh, a, the challenge of getting yourself fit and healthy. Yes. Trial training, all that sort of thing. You know, uh, anybody that follows you is um, seeing the seeing the transformation, man. Then. Yeah, so that's um. You're looking good, man. I'm looking sexy right now. That's it, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like I said, Texas most eligible bachelor, huh? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. What this uh, I mean, like it's kind of breaking news, I guess. But the, I told Kiefer last night. This chick and I have been talking. It might be going somewhere. We'll see. Oh, that's yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Good to good to hear, man. Yeah. That's the way. Is she, is she into moto? She doesn't know anything about it, but she's been asking questions and she's supposed to come watch me race Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that could be dangerous though. Yeah. Man. Don't show off too much. No, don't no, keep the kids don't jump any jumps. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, you'll, have, you'll have to jump. So you'll have yeah. to jump the jumps, but yeah, don't show right. off. I reckon you don't, you don't want to know where she is in the crowd because you <laughs> if you're not just standing next to one corner or one jump, you'll, You'll probably, um, you know, <laughs> you might overdo it in that section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she, I don't, I haven't told her yet that we got to leave at like five thirty, six a.m. So that could change things. She might be oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, I'll stay home." You never know. <laughs> is um, is uh, either of the other boys from Moto X racing that race as well? Uh, TJ is going to come out Saturday, which is just an open practice. I don't think he's racing. Uh, and then Scotty, as far as I know, doesn't have his bike back together. That's been over oh, a year. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I think, uh, I think we're just going to ride together Saturday and I don't know about the race yet. Cool. Hey, um, I, I reckon, um, Scotty, I reckon, uh, ML needs to fucking, uh, hook Scotty up with a, uh, with a bike or at least get his bike rebuilt for him. Like, Dude, yeah. he has. He, we've been waiting on the parts. It's just this. I guess everything was backordered on that bike, and then there was a miscommunication with the new cylinder. And I think it's in now. It just has to get TJ to help put it back together. So it's it's been a pain in the ass. Yeah. 
It's been a while. I felt sorry for him, man. Like, I, mean, I felt sorry for. I felt. I felt like, oh, how can you know, dude? Like, some plugs. That's like the first thing you learn, you know. But yeah, I felt sorry for him as well. So, I've honestly felt sorry for him. I just don't let him know that. I like to make fun of him instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That's the go. Hey, um. So you're um you're big into you're big into music, obviously. We all know that. Um, I'm jealous, man. Whenever you post these, um, you post videos of when you're at concerts and that, because like obviously around California, there's concerts and things going on all the time. Vegas and that. So Texas is a bit the same, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's always like yeah, music Dallas. I'm pretty much. I'm two hours from Dallas, uh, and there's usually big shows there, and of course local shows all over there, and. Like Sunday night is bought for my Valentine. I was going to go to that, but ended up not getting tickets in time, so I missed out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I try to go to a show. And then we have a place about 45 minutes from here that every so often brings in some relatively big bands like Black Label Society, Candlebox, Clutch. So, dude, if, I, if, I can, if I'm in town and there's a show that I can get to, I'll go. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I, um... You know, like I, I, I hate, I hate going to Melbourne and going into the city for a start. And then tickets, tickets for concerts when they're here, they're fucking ridiculously expensive as well. So I usually just limit my going to concerts to um, when it's one of my like extremely favourite bands. You know, like yeah, like these yeah. guys. And um, yeah, so ACDC is coming back around next year. So um, I was actually that they said it on the radio again yesterday, and my. My daughter was working with me yesterday, and she's 16, but she's a real old head. You know, she's she likes my music. Yeah. And and she, and I said, well, I better take you to ACDC next year. And she and she was like, oh yeah, that's for sure. Iron Maiden's coming through as well. And, oh, and she was like, did man. you hear Iron Maiden's coming through? And I'm like, yeah, hang on. You probably can't afford to go to yeah. We can't afford to go to everything, but you never know. So that uh, yeah. that'd be pretty cool as well. So. Yeah, I flew to Tampa at the end of last year to see Maiden. That was a bucket list. Mm. Amazing, amazing show. Um, and then, yeah, my girl, my stepdaughters, all my, I have four separate stepdaughters, two from two separate relationships. But anyway, yeah. they're all into the same kind of music. And the younger two are like really, like I went to dinner the other night and the, the youngest one who's 14 had like a vintage corn t-shirt on. I was like, where'd you get that? And she found it at some, you know, resale shop and, she was telling me, it's like, I, I just, I want to get a CD player. I'm into CDs. And I was like, are you shitting me? I said, her name's Hattie. I said, Hattie, you have no idea. I'm about to blow your mind. I have thousands of CDs in storage. So we picked her up a CD player on the way home from Facebook Marketplace. And I just took her stacks of like Slipknot and Corn and Rage and even the like Fiona Apple, all this 90s stuff. And yeah, just faith no more and they're they're just into it it's, it's pretty it's pretty great to experience that with my kids yeah same for me man like my daughter she um she want, wanted a um well she's got one now she she actually she started working and she saved up to buy a record player yeah but then, but then her grandmother bought her one you know so she you know bought her one for her birthday or something i guess so she's got this real old school looking record player and she started collecting vinyl and um and then she's also i don't know if she's got a cd player yet but she's been through my old cds and and she and she goes to like um op, you call them op shops over there like um 
you know, the opportunity shops, we call them here, um, where they're like, um, no, no, like where, where you donate things so poor people can go in and buy it. You know, oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that sort of thing. Like, um, but I mean, anyone can go in and buy anything, but it's just sort of that, um, yeah, they call them op shops, opportunity shops here. She mm-hmm. loves going into them and you find old, yeah, they'll have vinyl, they'll have tapes, CDs, all that sort of thing. And yeah, she's collected a fair bit of um, pretty cool stuff. And yeah, all like the t-shirts, man, like like the vintage t-shirts and all that, like they're remaking them all. Like I've I've got I've got the original ones. Like she's got some t-shirts that are like. But I did say to her, I said if you're gonna wear the t-shirt, you got to know at least three songs because there's a lot of young girls that they they'll rock the Metallica t-shirt. I don't even know the lead singer's name yet, so. But yeah, at least she is into it wearing the wearing the shirts. So, but my yeah, I, I have some of my shirts go they go missing, you know. One of my my, <laughs> my my ride the lightning shirt. That's the one in particular. It goes missing all the time. It's like, <laughs> that's it, awesome, it turns man. up in turns up in the wash. You know? it's like, yeah, so that's good parenting. I love it. Yeah, it is like all you know. Ever since they were little tiny kids. Um, there's been music blasting at my place, you know. So yeah, um, right from being new, newborns, you know, we never did that. Oh, the babies sleeping have got to be quiet. Oh, I sort of <laughs> one thing I got from my parents was no, fuck that. Just have the house normally loud, and they'll just get used to it. So yep, <laughs> might have damaged their hearing. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, they gave them good music taste though. So yeah, my son's the same. Yeah, there you go. They like um, like the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So you, ha- I remember you had, um, what's his name, Ricky Rackman. You did a podcast yeah. with him. Yeah, that yep. was cool, man, speaking of music. That was yeah. really cool. I remember listening. To- that was probably, that was during uh, like an off-season show or, or something, wasn't it? I honestly don't remember if it was off-season or yeah. not. It took a while to make that happen. Um, yeah, I-, I had to work on that for a while, and we kept missing schedules. And whenever it was that he said he do it i was i just went i was all in yeah um but yeah that you know i grew up watching him on headbangers ball yeah yeah i, I do remember him we, we must have got maybe like yeah we, we probably got like a season of that once or something like that because i certainly remember the show but um yeah we had very limited tv you know so but the our sort of core thing was um the government um TV station, which is the, the ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, um, they used to do on a Friday and a Saturday night, just an all-night music video show um, okay. that, was, that was called Rage. And that was the only place you would see, like, all the cool stuff. Um, so, you know, you'd get home from going out and the, the done thing was you'd stay up all night and watch Rage, you know. <laughs> so, like, yeah. that's the only place you would hear a Metallica song, for instance, you know. Even, you know, like, you know Metallica's not, um, they're, they're, they're well known, but even, you know, in, in the bush in Australia, that was the only place you would hear one. You know, like our, um, our radio station was just like, um, you know, the most hardcore thing you'd get on our radio station here was Phil Collins. I always remember Phil. <laughs> like, I, I hate Phil yeah. Collins just because of that, because there right. was too much of it on the radio. But, yeah, uh, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, it, it did, man. Like um, the uh, it was it was funny. The uh, I was lucky. My my big sister went off to college and got exposed to um, all this other music that was out there, and she would come home 
with a mixtape and stuff and say, hey, this this cool shit, but you know, this is it'll get here eventually, but this is what's out there. And, and I remember she giving me, you know, a tape with like, you know, grunge bands and alternative bands and all that sort of thing. And I was like, well, you know, we're, um, yeah. we're up, you know, I can still remember the first time I heard a Metallica song on the radio because it was so unusual. They must have had a rogue DJ on one night or something. That, <laughs> and he played one. And I was like, wow. Like, and then I went and bought a tape and then I bought the older tapes and that sort of thing. So, Yeah, kids today are spoiled because there's just access to everything. You know, we would, even in the States, you know, you would hear a song and I used to have like a blank cassette player in my cassette player, and if a song came on the radio that I wanted to hear, I'd, I'd run to the, to, the, to the stereo and hit record and just record it off the radio. And you'd wait hours and hours, and you'd call into the radio station and get busy signals for hours just to request this particular song. And then they would play it, and you'd be, you and your buddies would be yelling and screaming, you'd be recording it, and then you'd play the shitty recording back on your cassette player. Yeah, dude, we, we had to wait for these little treasures of music now it's just all at their fingertips and there's nothing like there's no passion for it anymore. It's just, Oh yeah. I heard that new song. Let's what's the next one. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now we, yeah, we all did the same thing. You know, you had, had the, you'd buy those, the, the blank tapes and, and yeah. And then you'd, you'd finally get a song on the radio that you wanted to record. And then, um, it'd be close to a news break and they'd chop the end off it or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And you'd be like, Oh, I've got to wait. And you could wait, you could wait days to get that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, they, it, they is lucky, you know, and I mean, it's, it's just, it's just like what I was saying about, you know, seeing Supercross, you know, seeing Supercross here was just magazines, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. That's all it was. You, we'd get a report on what happened at Gatorback two months afterwards, you know? Um, yeah, and um, then you wouldn't, you'd have no idea what's going on. Yeah, you know, now, nowadays you just, yeah, um, Callan or Steve or whoever's doing the Racer X tweets, it's like you know stuff, you know stuff before that even happens, just about. So, yeah, yeah that stuff actually bothers me sometimes because, like, if I'm at a race, like if I'm at a local race or I'm doing something else, I don't want to know what happened in the race until I watch it. I hate spoilers. Yeah. So then you got to shut down your phone or, you know, and you still got your buddies and group texts and like, Oh, so this, you know, Eli just blew out his Achilles and you're like, fuck man, I wanted to wait till I watched it. Yeah. So almost sometimes the information access we have is too good. Yeah. You can't avoid a spoiler, man. No, you can't, you can't avoid it. Like, um, you know, I just the other day, oh yeah. So, um, we'll talk a tiny bit of football in a sec, but, uh, well, they, well, they, we'll start now. The, I, um, so I love American football and um, I hadn't had, sometimes I can't, you know, watch the game when it's on. And uh, I was like, I avoided everything. I avoided socials. I avoided the whole lot. And then I get this fucking notification pops up on me phone on, from the NFL app that tells me the score. And I was like, oh, fuck. And really? my, my Broncos had actually won, which was, that, that was surprising. And I was like, oh, geez, that would have been so cool to watch that and not know. But anyway, of course, still good to watch when you know they're going to win. But, but yeah, it, um, so, dude, you're, you're a Niners fan. We all know that. You're a Niners fan living in Texas. Um, yeah. How much of a hard time do you get? Not too much. Um, you know, a little bit. 
but I, I talk just as much shit as my cowboy fans friends do. Um, so it's not too bad. When I first moved here, when I was in school, it was a little rough. But yeah, it's not bad. There's actually there's a pretty good group of Niners fans in Texas still. They're they're a, they're a big team. But it's, yeah. dude, they've lost three in a row. So I don't know what the hell's going on with those guys. Yeah, nah, it started off good. And you yeah. played a little bit of football in high school, man. I remember you saying? I did. I did. I like. I played like youth pop. What we call pop Warner football when I was yeah. you know uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And then yeah, high school football. Yep. What position did you play at high school? Uh, defensive end and wide receiver. Nice. Yeah, nice, those nice. Were, so you're pretty quick. Fairly. I wasn't the fastest guy, but yeah, I was decent. I could damn sure catch and throw a football. Like as when I was real little, you know, and you're playing backyard football, I was I was a stud. Once it got all in high school and had to put pads on, it changed. It wasn't as easy, but um, so you got a, you yeah, got I got You got a good arm. I did when I was younger. Yeah, I could. I mean, in high school, I could throw the ball 45 yards or so. Yeah, yeah. Nice. What um, What other sports and what other activities did you get up to as a young fella apart from moto? Yeah, the growing up, football. I played. Growing up, I played soccer or actual real football. Um, I played some baseball, and really, that's about it. Football, but football was really where it was at. I played basketball like with my buddies, never organized. Yeah. I love playing basketball, but I can't dribble for shit. But I can say I can I can shoot really well, but I can't dribble. So, um, but I love almost I love playing any sport. It's just fun. I don't I don't know how to play tennis, but I bet if I went and played tennis, I'd have a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was you know I, I sort of I had a big you know Australia's massive on sport, any sport, mm-hmm. and, and country. You're living in the country, Australia, like it's yeah, sport is everything in small towns and. Yeah, yeah. I sort of played everything until I, you know, I, I rode rode me rode me dirt bike, and I played everything until I sort of realised like, no, I just want to ride my dirt bike like every day. So <laughs> yeah. then I just gave up everything. So I remember the kids at school were like, "What? You, you're not playing football this year?" I was like, "Fucking weird," you know. Like I was like, "No, I, I'm going to ride." No other kids. I just want to no ride my dirt bike. Rode? Uh, there, really, there was there was pro- a small amount. A small amount, but for most kids, um, like football, would was very much first, and then they would ride their dirt bike when they got a chance. Okay, um, it's probably just sort of me, me and my best, my school best mate. Yeah, we just rode like every night after school. Well, when in daylight savings when you had time, and um, every night after school, every Saturday, every Sunday, that sort of thing. But yeah, no, we had no moto scene, so we were just riding in the bush you'd make janky moto tracks in the bush you'd build build the shittiest jumps you could or you'd jump you know um there's a a lot of um yeah you find levy banks and just yeah. shit like that so yeah okay um that that was all there um all there was here so i live back in that same small town now so yeah i got you there's not not much not much moto scene they gotta travel travel to track days and that sort of thing uh, which is a pain, but you know, it's uh, I yeah. like living here. I like living here. I like other things about it. So cool. Yeah, that that's the yeah. go. Hey, you, um, you do have to get down. Yeah, yeah, you have to get down. Get down to a um. Get down to the you know, to World Supercross at Melbourne if it you know hopefully yeah. keeps going or whatever, or even if it doesn't, just that that Melbourne Supercross. 
um, is probably the one to come to as a moto guy. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a um, if you, when you, if you want to come down here for a, or for a holiday, um, yeah, then you want to hit up Trent and Nick and and get to their neck of the woods. Yeah, Queensland's the spot to be for for uh, right here, yeah. for tourists and holiday, and it's a spot to be for moto too. To be honest, like plenty, lots of moto tracks. You know, they're in the uh, they're in the sort of the prime spot for for all that. They've got the weather, they've got the moto tracks, and they've got the the tourism sort of all in, all in one. So yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I hear. I hear. So that's on my bucket list. Um, someday I'll get down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's uh, definitely what you need to do, man. Yeah. Hey, um, what's your favourite? Um, your no, not so fa- much favourite, but what what silly season move are you most looking forward to seeing seeing the results of? You know, so cool. Hmm. Like who who's your who's the one that's got you most intrigued? I guess is the best way to put it. Well, I think I think the one I got to go with is Chase Sexton at KTM because should you know won a Supercross championship, probably should have won you know very close to winning the outdoor championship the year before with battling with Eli. I want to see if he can keep the same pace, get better. If he gets worse, I think that's the biggest move. Yeah. Um, to me, that's the one I'm most interested in seeing how it plays out. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think there's one bigger than that. Levi Kitchen is another one that I'm kind of excited about, but um, all the 250 guys I'm kind of interested in to some degree, but not like Chase. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's the biggest one. I, I just I just keep thinking about what's Coop going to do. Just, I suppose, I just, I like Coop, but, you know, like... Um, yeah. I, I, I've got, I've got a huge amount of faith in Chase. Like, I, I just sort of think, I just sort of see, I think this Chase is just going to be Chase still, you know? Um, Oh yeah, I think he's he, he's great, and he's sort of still going to be great. Um, I'm not too stressed about the bike change because I, I think he's that he's that bloody good, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm really um, I'm really intrigued about um, Coop, you know, because it, like Coop's good Coop and bad Coop are far apart, you know. Um, yes, you're right. And um, I, I just that- so I really interested to see what he does at a1 you know that's sort of the one where i see the biggest sort of he could it could really go to shit for him which would be awful and he could just be back to his best and anywhere in between that um so that um that's sort of the one for me but uh but yeah chase um what do you what do you think about the number change i don't mind i don't really care um, I don't think our sport's big enough where you can start retiring numbers, so I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I I, I liked him as 23. I liked the the Jordan, you know, uh, tribute they would do and all that. I think that was a good branding for him. But yeah, if he wants to change to four, yeah, well, that's fine. I'm, I have no problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm sort of the same. Like I can I can see single digits really cool, but you sure. know, 23 was a pretty good brand, so. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Like, there's, there's, you know, I've heard lots of opinions, and some opinions are like they're pretty sort of strong. And I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. What he does, you know, what he does when the gate drops is what the big deal is. But yeah, people get upset over some dumb shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They certainly do. As, uh, as you know, better than most men, like with the, the, the what uh, keyboard warriors get up to. 
I've gotten my fair share of that. You've yeah, more than your fair share, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been plenty of people that I want to fucking track down and fight when I see what they say to you on on social. It's, so it's gotten a yeah. lot better though. So I don't see it near as much anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like anybody that you know, so like I tell my kids or tell anyone, certainly used to tell myself, anybody that's that fucking sad that they're going to spend their time hanging shit on, you know someone else, especially yeah. someone else that's being successful, then they're just a sad motherfucker themselves, you know. So you just feel sorry for them instead of getting angry. But that can be hard sometimes, though, can't it? <laughs> it can be yeah, hard can. not to get angry. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really gotten angry. but I mean, I've been irritated a few times. But then I was like, yeah, like, these people don't know me. Why do they even care? Yeah. It's such a waste of time. And so then you just kind of go, yeah, it, it's it, – they must have something going on wrong with them to have those, to want to reach out and like try to bash somebody. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's right. They got their own, um, they got their own issues that they're, you know, yeah. if they're, yeah. if they're that much of a sad ass, then they've got their own issues. So yeah. Um, fuck them. But yeah, it, um, that's kind of yeah. Yeah. If I don't yeah. like somebody, then I don't, Pay attention to them, really, right? I don't need to. Yeah, that's right. Let, I don't need to reach out and let that person know that I don't like them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I also think that a lot of people um, that do that sort of thing, they they probably lead a pretty boring life too. Like, do you have time to do shit like that? Like, I don't have time to do shit. Like, I'm always busy having fun no. and doing shit. Like, I, you know, no, you know, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, you know, doing that sort of thing. It, um, and plus, I like to be like really. You know, and I can tell you the same. Like to be positive about things, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a pretty positive. I try to be a positive person, and yeah, the only person I really people like to talk shit on are my buddies. Yeah, and that's that's a different. Oh yeah, that's like you know that's well that's Australia's favorite pastime. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know your mates with an Aussie when he starts hanging shit on you. Like if you, once an Aussie's really comfortable and then he, and he really likes you, then he's gonna fucking unleash hanging shit on you. That's yeah. That. Yeah, that's how it um, that's how it goes. Yeah, I like it. I love it. Yeah. Um. So world vets, man. So no world vets for you this year. Is no, that's going on. Is it sort of like been there, done that, or? No, it was just really budget. Kind of. I, I didn't really okay. want to spend the money to go out there this year, and um, yeah, it just costs a lot of money to get out there, and it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And yeah, I just decided I wasn't going to do it this year. I think next year is the 40th anniversary, so that will be the goal to go next year. Yeah, you got any buddies doing world vets? Yeah, I've got a few buddies out there. Uh, my buddy Derek Wedding, and um, there's a few others. I can't think of off the top of my head, but I've seen some stuff on like Facebook or whatever. Guys that are out there. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it's a great event. Like, oh, I, I'm, I suck. Like, I, I would never, um, I would never have the skill or the like. I ride heaps, but I've just that's what I say to people. It shows how much I love riding. Is that I'm still like a mid pack. C grade rider after 35 years, like so, so it shows yeah. how much I love it. Like if I'm still that shit, I must really love doing it, you know. But oh yeah, um, so I'd never have the skill to to worry about it, and I, I, I'd probably never have the money to do it. But I'd love to go and see World Vets though, because I, I love I love that um, shit. Like it, I'd love to see pro races, and so glad I'm going to, you know, all pro races in America. But there's things like. Like I'd even love to go to Loretta's, just the experience that the whole, I, love, I love all that sort of thing. And I really love that. Um, another one for me that the big vintage event that Scott Burnworth 
runs once a year. That's one I'd love to get to as well. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Yeah, it's yeah, those, those vintage ones are they're pretty amazing to see all the old bikes and how yeah. into that those guys are and how much they spend. Yeah, well, like, like I'm into it myself, you know, not yeah, I'm not spending what some of these guys are spending, but yeah, I'm into vintage bikes myself, so that's uh, yeah, passion and the 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 guys and the bikes in the 80s is really mine. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, my thing. yeah, 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 absolutely. Who was your who was your hero? When you're first in the motor, who was your guy? Your very first uh, one, Guy Cooper. Nice, I love, yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah man. So RJ was mine, um, you okay. know, which is uh, so many people, and like that. That comes back to um, so uh, the very first um, Supercross that I was able to watch was on a Rick Johnson VHS tape. That I bought um, uh, when we did it. We went on a shopping trip to the city, and I'm yeah. walking around, and there's oh wow, you know. And I bought that, and I wore it out, you know. <laughs> so um, Rick Johnson was my guy from there. Like prior to that, the only things I'd seen was um, on any Sunday, mm-hmm. and um, and winners take all. Yeah, you got it right there behind you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's what I see. Yeah. So I'm a product of on any Sunday event. Like, you know, when I first got my first bike, um, knew no one that rode, um, family didn't ride. We were just lucky enough. I had a big backyard and dad bought me a bike and I was just like fucking hooked, you know. So, and then gradually met met people and that sort of thing. But yeah, we I'd go and I'd ride my, my fucking 10 speed down to the, um, you know, Blockbuster or Video Easy or whatever it was called. Hire on any Sunday, bring it home, watch it, watch it again, watch it again. And oh, then there's yeah. an Sunday too, which, you know, which um, which I, some people sort of like, oh, that's not as cool. I like that because it was Larry Huffman um, in it and um, who's my favourite. Larry Huffman's my favourite um, commentator ever. Daniel Blair's okay. second, but still, Larry's still number one. And, um, yeah, then I found this Rick Johnson one. So Rick Johnson's. More here, but why go Cooper, man? Like just because he was just the way he rode, like yeah. So the first year, the first Supercross I ever went to was 1990 Anaheim one, and then I went in '91 oh. also. Um, and I don't remember which year it was, but there was these two doubles that he was quadding, and I was just learning about the sport, but I just thought what he was doing was amazing. Like I didn't see anybody else do it. And then I would start to see the races on TV and it just, he would always jump the craziest shit and there'd be articles and magazines of him at his place in Oklahoma, just jumping these insane jumps. And I I just, to me, he was like Travis Pastrana before Travis Pastrana. It's a good, that's yeah. That's because he was also always happy. Even when he didn't do well, he was always happy just like Travis. And I don't know. Yeah. He he became my guy. Yeah. Like I always love God. Just same thing. Like, cause it was all about magazines and yeah, there would be always photos of Guy Cooper because he was the one doing the wildest shit. You know, there's a great photo. One of my favorite ever moto photos out there. It's be somewhere on my probably posted several times over the years of my, my Insta is the one where he's like upside down at his place on an RM, you know, the one yeah, like he's upside down. That's before freestyle was even a thing. And he was yeah. doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was always yeah, he could throw the thing sideways and upside down better than anyone back in the day. You know, the things that guys do now, 
defy um, logic or defy physics the way they do it now. But back yeah. in the late 80s and early 90s, yeah, Guy was just, he was a different type of person. Yeah, yeah. And probably before him was probably, um, well, probably the first, very first person to to get that crazy in the air was Magoo. So you, yeah, you, true. you'd be old enough to, to know a bit about Magoo, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I always say Magoo, Magoo invented the scrub. Stu perfected it. That's what I always say. And some people get upset about that. But at the same time, I agree. So, you know, like, yeah, he, was, right. he was doing shit like that, you know, early 80s. And yeah, yeah. Stu absolutely perfected it and took it to, like, 10 levels better. But that, that original <laughs> sort of... Um, style of you know um not just jumping straight up in the air like i do so yeah you know, yeah, yeah that's it yeah ah awesome awesome hey when you were first um when you were first doing your media stuff yep what was the friendly truck and what was the scary truck oh that's easy yeah uh for me Honda was scary. And this, this all came down to the PR back when I started, almost every team had like a, a female helping with PR and they still, yeah. most of them still do. But, uh, Vanessa that worked at Kawasaki was so sweet and I would bring donuts to everybody and she would hook me up with an interview. So that was my favorite truck. Um, and she would take care of me. Mandy used, uh, I can't remember Mandy's last name used to be the PR chick at Honda and she ran a tight ship, and she was kind of scary. She actually was really nice, but yeah, Honda. I almost would just stay away from Honda because it was like, yeah, why are you here? What do you need? They don't have time, you know. Yeah. So I had like the curtains down and and that sort of thing, and they didn't even have the curtains down. It was just the aura. It just felt, it felt yeah, it was an aura of all business, very strict. Even until well, I mean, you hear on pole, you know, until Lars took over as team manager. It yeah. was pretty straight. Like maybe two years ago, I remember walking into Honda and some guy like, well, dude, what are you doing here? What are you like? I was there to get an interview and they were like, he's fine. But they had almost like a security guard essence there. Don't come in this truck if you don't have a Honda shirt on. And yeah, yeah it was scary recently. Um, but yeah, I, my first few years going, I literally would take boxes and boxes of donuts to each team. <laughs> That's a good and idea. Then, I've never it worked. That, yeah. they did. They had no idea who I was, but they were like, hey, you're the donut guy. You're back. And, like, yeah. at the end of the year, my first year, which my first full year was 18, at um, Vegas, like, all these bunch of the mechanics were giving me stuff. Like, hey, man, we saved this number plate for you. Or we saved this for you because you always brought us donuts. I was like, hell, yeah. That's and I still, get, like, I still get now, like, hey, Dark Side, where's the donuts? I was like, yeah, I don't have to do that anymore, man. <laughs> so did you take donuts into the Honda? Did you ever get donuts into the Honda truck? Oh yeah, I would take them to Mandy and be like, "Hey, just bring in donuts." And then it's, you know, they, and the mechanics were, they they always said thank you, but it, even then, it still felt kind of like, "Why are you here?" It, so it still, so you, there's there's a chance that you started the whole Jets and Donuts thing, isn't there? There's a chance <laughs> you could, yeah. you maybe you could, you maybe should be getting a slice of the uh, profits there. Yeah, Myrtle would have noticed you bringing donuts into Honda. That's and, a good possibility. I like it. I will. Um, I will hit him up for ten percent. Yeah, you should hit him up for a percentage. I reckon. Yeah, because absolutely. I'll make uh, that tech when you're done. You've you've given him the uh, given him the idea. What about <laughs> like um? Th this question particularly for you because 
your show has changed my opinion. So writers that you thought were a bit of a dick, but then they turn out not to be. So one thing about your show is you seem to get the guys that um, that other that don't go on other shows, and I think that's because of your friendly nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there's been so two two examples of guys that you know I I wasn't a big fan of, and that is um, Justin Hill and Austin Faulkner until I heard them on your show, and I was like. Mm these guys are fucking really cool. Like why? And then I like think, you know, I was being a dick just assuming what their personality was off a few short podium interviews, you know, and now I really like those guys. Um, so uh, credit to you for that. But then like um, what, what writers did you sort of um, think, you know, uh, were a bit of a dick or, or pretty cold and that until you got to know them? That's interesting. I got to think about that. Like I, I could say I thought Cooper was going to be, Cooper Webb was going to be, but he was actually really nice. If I'm being honest, there hasn't been a single writer that's been a dick. Um, and I'm trying to think of any, if I thought any would be a dick ahead of time. Uh, man, like nobody's jumping out right now. Um, I can tell you that uh, there was a media guy that I thought was going to be an asshole. And he was super nice, and that's your guys' dude, Jace, from Gypsy Tales. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I met him at Daniel Blair's race a few, about Just a month recently. ago. Yeah. yeah, and I think I even told him, I said, dude, I thought you were going to be, like, a cool guy. And, you, you know, he was super cool. We hung out all weekend. But um, no riders right now stand out. I get, You know what? Maybe Kenny. Not not be, I didn't think he was going to be a dick, but I thought he was going to be real standoffish. Yeah. And he was actually – he's pretty much always been real friendly. So, yeah, but that's not even a good answer. I don't know that I have one. Yeah, that's all right, man. Do you do you like do you fanboy or or did you and like and who who do you fanboy the most at? You know, like who who you just like? Oh fuck, I can't believe I'm talking to this guy. I don't think I fanboy anymore, but I absolutely fanboy. It was very difficult to hold it in when I met McGrath. Um, yeah. That one was very very difficult to be like, "What's up, man? Just be cool." Um, I fanboy to LA when I met Dak Shepard. He's my favorite actor. He was there. <laughs> yeah. That I absolutely yeah. fanboyed at that. Yeah. Is um, he, he's the guy from Scrubs. Yeah. So I don't know. That no, was no, 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 no. He just mixed that. He gets confused with that guy. He was in. They look similar to the guy yeah. in Scrubs, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he gets mistaken for him sometimes. But he was in Idiocracy, and he he wrote and directed the the movie version of Chips. Um. He was in a show called Parenthood. He was in a show called Zathora, a movie called Zathora. Uh, and he's married to Kristen Bell, who's one of the more famous actresses. But yeah. um, he's got a really great podcast that I listen to all the time. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other writers. I, I guarantee I fanboyed out of at some of these writers when I first met them, but they don't stick out in my mind that I was fanboying out, but I'm sure I did. I had to have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So yeah, for me, like, oh, I'm not a fanboy. Like, I'm I'm almost like the fucking opposite to that. Yeah. But I think um, I think RJ and MC would be the two where I would fanboy. Yeah. Yeah, MC you, was tough. Did you find um feeling weird when you you're talking to someone who you you know, like you know this writer because you've watched. 500 interviews with them and you know them and they don't know you at all. Did that feel weird? 
Yeah, in the early days, it kind of, eh, I don't know. No, it didn't feel weird because I didn't expect them to know me. And most yeah. of them now do. Yeah. So it, it feels more weird, honestly, that they do know me. Yeah. When somebody like RV at Millville a few weeks ago, and he's, he's like, hey, what's up, Dark Side? I'm like, I didn't even know you knew who the fuck I was. That's weird. That one kind of smokes me a little bit. I'm, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. like. You know, AC and I didn't really have like a great relationship um, until it wasn't bad. I just never really talked to him that much. And like a year, well, the, the weekend in Minneapolis when they cut the pony off, um, the next morning he rode by on a scooter and he was like, looking good, dark side or something like that. And I was, that kind of blew my mind a little bit that he knew who I was. That's more weird to me than them not knowing who I am. Yeah, cool, cool. That's a guy. Yeah, no, because I like, oh, yeah. I'm, my my nature, and I mean, you can fucking tell, my nature is pretty relaxed and not real professional yeah. and all that sort of thing, and fuck it, that's just how I roll. And even when I've done interviews and that for for Trent stuff, you know, the Aussies and that, sometimes I've got to, like, consciously sort of straighten myself out and just sort of be a little bit more professional and polite and that sort of thing <laughs> rather than just because I feel like I know all these riders, but they don't know me. A couple of them yeah. do now. A couple of them do, but yeah, and I'll I'll feel like just rocking up to a lot. They won't be mates and just like real fucking casual. And I had a few times where people were sort of looking at you like, "What the fuck's this guy up to?" Which I mean, I don't care. But um, yeah, but I sort of got to know. Just don't just call them by their nickname straight away. Call them by the proper name. Can we get an interview, please? That sort of thing. Like, yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, it's funny too because uh, yeah, when you've seen them so many times. Well, a good example, Kurt, I had to get an interview with Kurt Gibbs for Trent. And I walked out and I'm just about to say, hey, Gibbsy. Can I, you know, and I was like, and I, and I paused and I was like, excuse me, Kirk. I got to try and try and be at least a little bit professional, especially when I'm doing something for, for, um, for Trent's business, not, not my own stuff. Yeah. So that's, so. yeah. No. In the early days, I was real careful about like I would just explain every hey I'm you know Jamie or whatever I, or whatever from I do this podcast and I would make it real clear what I do and do you mind doing an interview so yeah it was weird it was uncomfortable a little bit but it never felt weird I I didn't expect them to know who the hell I was I would it was just new doing the interviews live was kind of uncomfortable for me at first it took a little while yeah 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 now I don't know I sort of um, yeah. Pretty comfortable with that sort of stuff, but, um, but yeah, cool, man. Cool. Hey, yeah. jumping back to music for a sec. Just one yeah. of my one of my questions that I like to ask lots of guests. Well, not lots because I haven't had lots, but I will ask lots of guests. <laughs> um, what's your album? So, what's your the old question? One album you get to listen to for the rest of your life? What's your go to? Man, right now, if I had to pick one currently, I'd probably st say the latest Tool album, Fear Inoculum. That album is just blows my mind. So, um, and they're my favorite band. Yeah, I think that'd be it. Tempest on that song on that album is my favorite song probably of all time. Um, so yeah, I, I'd go with Fear Inoculum by Tool. Tempest is the one you got. You got you snuck it into a vital intro, didn't you? I think. I think I have a few times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. That there, yeah. I noticed yeah. that the influence. Is Lindsay into into um, into Tool? No, ML's not really a big Tool fan. He's more of a, like a '90 or 2000s metal guy. Like bands like Bullet for my Valentine and oh yeah, 
Uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff he's in that era like of D, metal. D, B, like DB, like DB, that, that's too. Yeah, 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 that era. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw it, man. Like, I, I sort of liked the 90s that much that I just fucking stopped there. So <laughs> there's not much. Really? There's just, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, yeah. I still. I'm really, yeah. I'm really heavy into that music now, too. Once I started listening to it, um, yeah, Bullet, uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Daniel's just loaded me with bands that. I've fallen in love with, and I listen like Papa Roach, and um, I listen to that stuff nonstop almost now. Yeah, look, I'm always open to like you know I've got a lot of friends that are a bit younger and they're into two thousand stuff and all that. And, yeah, and I always give their stuff a try, and sometimes, sometimes it'll make it onto the Spotify list, and sometimes it won't. But yeah, it's uh, I understand. It is. Uh, it's always still, man. I still always go back to the uh, go back to the favourites. I just uh, I, I can't help it, you know. So a lot I'm big on a lot of grunge stuff and just yep. you know eighties, nineties rock and and uh, particularly like I'm fairly and squarely the right age to be grunge, you know. So that's, yeah, uh, Alice in Chains, man. Alice in Chains is yeah. my band from that era. Same man, same. Yeah, yep. it's funny, man. Um, back to what I was saying about like where I live and the limited thing like we we missed Alice in Chains and I had to catch up on them later so we got the you know this come around like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and it was like fucking it either blew your mind like me and some of my mates or you were just like this isn't Phil Collins what the hell is this you know <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah and um and so that was massive and then you, you there was a couple of Soundgarden songs that sort of made it here but they weren't even the best ones, you know. Um, and then it wasn't until sort of later where you were, had the technology to dig in deeper and you're like, well, Alison Chains is like the best grunge band. Like they, they love the other ones, but Alison Chains is, is the absolute shit, you know. So, and, yeah, Lane, um, Lane was just an amazing singer. Like that Unplugged album is yeah, just unreal. His voice is unreal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's probably what I even still now. It's probably what I probably the most circulated thing still on my Spotify would be Alice really? in Chains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the first album. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, what do you, yeah like? What do you think of the new stuff with the new singer? Ah. Uh, like I don't hate it's it. Like, it's like heaps of bands, man. Like I'll give it my time. And I'll appreciate that bands are still going around, but I'm still gonna listen to the old stuff, you know. Yeah, like, for um, sure. I think every band reaches a a, um, a pinnacle where all their be- they've got all their best stuff out, and there's probably there there's, there might be a couple of treasures down the track. Like if you think about like yeah, Metallica is a good example, like. We might be about to fight, but go ahead. The um, they sort of like their first four albums is what I love, and yes. then they sort of the Black Album brought them fame and mainstream. Or like as an alternative music guy, I always call it mainstream germs. When when a band gets mainstream germs, you know, yeah, which is a sick thing to say, but that's all you know something I say. And, uh, I don't really mean it, but where everybody's like, "Oh, this is cool," you know. Whereas, but like the first four albums for me, 
And then the Black Album was great, but they, but it was um, it was you know it was different and it was very sort of commercialized. Lost a bit of our like um, rawness to me. I agree. And that there's a couple of good songs that I really like, um, and um, I really appreciate that they're still making music, but. Um, there's hardly any of that going to be on my Spotify list. Whereas I will, I will chuck on Master of Puppets and listen to it, the whole album. You know, because yeah. there's no throwaways. You know that sort of thing. Um, I I 100% agree. The first four albums were the best. Like Master of Puppets might be the greatest album ever recorded, in my opinion. It's my favorite the, Metallica album. Yeah, but the newest album, that 72 Seasons blows me away the last song on that album i think i can't ever remember what it's called but it's something like amerotica or some shit like that and it's like 15 minutes long that is a fucking ripper mm. that song is so badass it is not the old school speed metal but it is it is such a good groove and so it's heavy it's yeah. i love it i love the new metallic album like the last few albums i'm like yeah whatever they're fine they're good for a little bit yeah. but this new one I think they crushed it with the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, look, I, I haven't, I haven't played it heaps, you know, um, yeah. just because, that, like I say, I'm, I'm just, I just go back to the favourites. But um, yeah, but yeah, the black. I, mean, I liked it, you know. You met, hearing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and listen to it again and listen to it more now. Just, <laughs> just listen to that one song, the very last mm. track, and I can't, I, I can't remember. It's, I'm, I, I can tell you right now while you're talking. But yeah, it's. Um, Sometimes too, like so, there's a lot of songs don't get me on the first listen too. Right. I'm I'm a guy. A lot of the time it'll be like, yeah, that's all right. But then once I've heard it five or six times, uh, it could be my favorite song. You know, so that always get me straight away. But um, sure. All right, that song is called In Amorata. I yeah. it's long in In Amorata. That's what it's called. That song rips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I agree. Some song, some takes. Dude, I'm maybe I'm getting old and people might make fun of me, but like recently I've really gotten into like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> kind of that's, that's one that hasn't got me. Nah. Dude, I heard him on Howard Stern and then he just started playing the guitar and singing. I was like, Oh, this dude's pretty good. Yeah. So I downloaded the new album and fuck, I don't know, man, maybe I'm just getting, it may be the old age. I don't know, but I loved it. But it's cool, man. You got to admit things like that. Like I'll, I've yeah. got, I've got things that I like music things. And it's like it's people would be like, "What the fuck? How do you like that?" Like, like my 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 um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on who's me. Um, so I used to be, I used to say like, I, I like Leanne Rhymes. Like, I don't know, I've got no. a thing for Leanne Rhymes. Uh, her her um looks and personality as well, but I like her music. She's got a fucking great voice, and it's like so yeah. not my usual thing. That's my that's my sister's favorite artist. My sister yeah, loves. Dude. Awesome. I, dude, I took my sister to see Leanne Rhymes probably twenty five years ago, and I probably ruined it for her because I just bitched the whole time. Yeah, I feel really I feel really bad, but yeah, she loves her. Yeah, everyone's got a few that are just like um, totally different to the rest of your music taste. Yeah, well, my music taste is wildly varied, but you know, but it's like it's like eighty percent rock grunge stuff. But then the Me other too. twenty, the other twenty percent is bits of everything else. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you know. But what what you're saying about Ed Sheeran, though, like, um, 
I always appreciate when someone's talented, even if I don't like the music. And I always appreciate, like, he, he can play the guitar and he writes his own song. He does write his own songs, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he yes. does sing well. Yeah. Um, so I always just, like, I appreciate, like, he's talented. That's cool. He's making music. Like, the only thing, the only time I'll get, like, really, like, oh, fuck these guys is when there's just no talent and it's just all fucking auto-tune, just poppy crap. That's really the only thing that I, um, you know, like, I'll, I'll fucking leave the room with some things that are playing. I was just like, oh, yeah. I'm gone. I've left parties before because the music was shit. You know, so. I get angry. Yeah, I get angry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a few things where I'm just like, I even told my, when my kids were little and they'd play poppy stuff and that sort of thing, you know, they, they'd be funny. They'd play stuff that I got them to like, but then they'd like just some garbage as well because the other <laughs> little kids at school like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Feel like, you turn that shit off when I'm home, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, that's, I appreciate talent, you know. Me too, me too. That's the thing, even if it's not dumb. Even if it's not my scene. Hey, um, just another random, um, so three industry people, so, so US motor industry people, so riders, mechanics, team managers, media, you name it. Three of yours, th- three with you on a road trip. And so who are you choosing and where are you going to? Oh, I mean, obviously, I got to go keeper. I'm trying to decide if I want to throw Mathis in there or not. He's kind of a dick, but he's pretty, pretty great off the air so i'm gonna go depends where you're going because he wins too much if you're going certain places wouldn't he yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm still gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go keeper probably get people mad at me mathis and lewis phillips yeah lewis is my boy and where are you going where's the ride trip going oh where are we going um yeah. we got to go ride some let's go to let's go to redbud to ride nice Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, let's go to Red Bud to ride. That's the guy. What are you driving? Um, fuck, I don't know. I guess my truck. I guess my Tundra. Let's get what if you were driving something cool? What if you got if you were, if you were road tripping in something really fucking cool? What would you draw? I don't have to take the bikes. Like I can just drive anything I want. Yeah, so the bikes. So someone's taking the bikes for you. So you just okay. yeah, you're cruising in well, something you, fucking cool. I'd, I'd say like a, like the new vet or a new Lambo or something, but we can't all fit in that. So, <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Nothing. Um, yeah, all right. A couple. You know what? Let's do it on bikes. Let's do it on road bikes. No nice. sport bikes. Yeah, let's Dual do it on some motorcycles. Yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. that. Or the not the dual. What are the um like the adventure touring bikes? The nice ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's do that. That's yeah, adventure it. Adventure bikes. Yeah. 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 That's the go. That's the go. That'd be fun. Yeah, like road trip. Yeah, that's yeah. I love I love that sort of shit. So yeah, it's always interesting that um, that question who people pick and and where would you go? I love that you're saying you're going to roll it. That you're going to ride somewhere. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of all I want to do right now is ride. So yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, man. I've taken up um, enough of your time. I reckon. Hey, um, no worries, man. Thank you heaps for coming on. Um, one thing that I've been doing um, is getting guests who aren't Aussies to to show me your best Aussie accent. 
Say whatever you want. Just give an Aussie accent a bit of a shot. They've all been pretty bad, so there's no expectations. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I, I know I can't do this. Uh, I guess, I, does everybody just go with the uh, the crocodile donut? Good eye, Mike. Yeah, that's all right. You can say that. What's that up, wasn't too bad. What's up, Con? Everyone's going for that. I reckon... I'd have to tell you, I reckon every single person so far is, uh, they've said mate and cunt on the, when they've tried that. Yeah, it was too easy. That's the, uh, that's yeah. like, uh, you know, that's, well, I can't say it's the first word you learn. <laughs> it's, not, sure. uh, it's, it's probably the most two used words um, but when, a, when a bunch of blokes are talking anyway, you know, not around your <laughs> mum, but. Yeah, it's all, it's, it's all we know, man. Crocodile yeah. don't need, that's our, that's it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, that's funny, man. That's funny. Hey, um, what I do to close out the show, I don't know if you've seen before, but um, I, uh, so very first show I did, I forgot all about doing outro music. I spent so much time setting up my intro. And it caught me by surprise, so I just improvised. And so do you know the chorus to The Gambler by Kenny Rogers? Fuck, some of it. Like, you got to know when to hold them. Oh, fuck me. Is that, <laughs> did I have it right? Is that what it is? Hey. Is, yeah. that, is that the right lyrics? Yeah, you're onto it. Yeah, yeah. All right, I guess. Let's do it. All right, so I'll lead in with just, just the verse beforehand. Okay. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he boomed a cigarette and asked me for a light, and the night got deathly quiet. And his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. You got to know when to hold him. Know when to fold him. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the deal is done. Good job, man. <laughs> you gave Ooh. it a crack. I Blair, Blair didn't give it a crack. Blair, Blair really? Didn't do it. I'm so, so, he's, a, he's a singer, so you got one yeah, up on him there. Hey, all right. Thank you very much for coming on the show, and thanks to anybody who's listened. Cheers. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you.